Hello everyone. I'm really excited today to have Lauda, my former coworker who is a deportation defense attorney for children uh, here in Tucson to talk about the novel Their Eyes Were Watching God by Zora Neale Hurston. Uh, Lauda, do you want to introduce yourself and share how you came to Tucson? Sure. Yeah, thank you for inviting me to do this and to read this book. Yeah. Um, so I came here to work at the Florence Project on the kids team, so working with kids who are detained by the U.S. government. Before this, I was working in Las Vegas um, doing similar work, working with kids in deportation defense and also adults and detained adults and uh, working with the immigration clinic at the law school there. Cool. Okay, so we were kind of already getting into this uh, a few minutes ago, but to, I guess first I should give a little summary of the book. So. Their Eyes Were Watching God follows Janie, who is a black woman raised by her grandmother, who wants Janie to survive in this patriarchal and racist post-Civil War U.S. And at 16 years old, Janie has her first kiss, and it makes her grandmother freak out with worry. Uh, The narrator says, quote-unquote, that was the end of her childhood. And she says she wants the best for Janie, and what that meant for her from her grandmother's perspective was that she wanted her to be married before she died. And so she ended up marrying Joe Starks, who's the mayor of this all-black town. And it was an awful, loveless relationship. And then as a widow, she meets Tea Cake, who is kind of like her love, or who is her love, mm-hmm. and uh, makes a new life with him in the Everglades. I wanted to start with that because I wanted to ask if you could relate to the theme of society imposing womanhood onto you, which like actually like what it means to come into womanhood is being sexualized without your consent. Yeah, I think I was thinking about that question a lot and what I kind of realized in thinking that that I, I don't think I've ever realized this before is that I think like feeling like, you know, becoming a woman is entirely something that is imposed on us by other people yeah and I'd never really realized that before it is like it's it has nothing to do with you know with me it had nothing to do for me at least with understanding what it means to be a woman I feel like I didn't even think about what it what I understand it to mean yeah until recently like I'm still figuring that out Mm -hmm. but (laughs) like around the time that like you're body starts to become attractive to men Mm -hmm. suddenly you're a woman yeah which is something outside of your control and often happens like i mean in both of our stories it happened before we ourselves really considered ourselves sexual beings yeah totally i mean you're yeah i mean it doesn't correspond to any kind of internal realization or anything like that yeah yeah yeah, so for me, what I immediately thought of this moment that it's like so... I just remember it very vividly. I was 14 years old, and uh, I think there was a neighbor across the street who was like friendly with my family. I think my little brother was over there like playing with their daughter, and I was supposed to go over there and tell him that it was like time to come back for dinner. And this, like, middle-aged white man, like, honestly, maybe even older than that, like, definitely someone who should not have been making inappropriate comments about a 14-year-old was like, oh, is that Yvette? Wow, she looks hot. And I was, and, like, his wife laughed, which made me feel so uncomfortable and sorry for her. And my parents also, like, didn't think it was 
a big they didn't say anything about it they didn't think it was wrong and that made me realize that it's normalized in our society for like young girls to be sexualized like even my own parents didn't think that there was anything wrong with that or if they did they didn't express it to me right <laughs> yeah I mean it is I think it is totally normal and I mean and also about parents my story I guess like that is when I was about 12 I was shopping at Forever 21 and came home with this shirt that I thought was super cute it was like a polo shirt um but like a little bit more stylish. <laughs> it was a v-neck. It was a v-neck. Yeah, yeah it was like a, a v-neck, but it had like the collar and like was white, white, with pink stripes. And I think I can kind of picture that. Style. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So yeah, I was about twelve, and I came home with this shirt. I was showing my my dad, I guess, what I bought, and he just got really like mad and was just like, "You can't wear that." And we got in this big fight about it because it was totally unexpected to me because yeah. I was just like, "What? This is just like it's like a." Mm t-shirt like and he actually ended up taking it from me and I realized you know later it was because basically he thought I like I would look too appealing right or too sexy or something in this shirt yeah but I was yeah because I had boobs at that point (laughs) yeah right but like I did I was like starting to have boobs at that point but to me it didn't really mean anything like I didn't have any concept of myself as like a sex object at that point but it was like my dad I felt like wasn't forcing that on me of like no people are looking at you this way and and I feel like for me that sort of was what it meant to be become a woman for my dad to be telling me like basically you're a woman now because you could be seen as a sexual object and so I need to control you more Mm -hmm. and that's exactly what happened to Janie in the book like uh, she has her first kiss with somebody at 16 and then her grandma sees it and it's like you need to get married now and so she ends up marrying this older man who actually does exercise a ton of control over her because he's the mayor he's this public figure and when they're out in public he just would make sure that she knew that she needed to be quiet yeah I felt like that part was I mean it is it is strange, right? That the grandma basically was saying, I'm worried about you. Mm-hmm. And so the way to protect you is to just give you to a man yeah. or force you into this relationship you don't want mm-hmm. because that's the only way to keep you safe. But I mean, it's also, you know, it's not. It's not safe. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah, because she, I felt like in the book, the narrator showed how she was kind of losing her soul. Yeah. Being with, Joe Stark like I I wrote something down where she said like she was really into him at first because it was kind of like the her first suitor and then there's a moment where they're in public and somebody asks Janie a question like her opinion is asked and he just he cuts her off before she says anything and he answers for her and then the narrator said something like at that moment, the the bloom of the love that she felt ended. <laughs> yeah, right. I think that was the part where, like, everyone's talking and joking and someone wanted her to make a speech. Yeah, somebody wanted her to speak. Somebody asked her yeah. to speak. And um, I think it said, you know, from Jane's perspective, whether or not she wanted to say anything or not, it was the fact that he cut her off without asking her that made her become disenchanted. And from then on, she just... She saw how controlling he was and wasn't happy. Yeah, I think that, to me, that was one of the more, like, interesting kind of aspects of this book is, like, the difference between, 
you know, how she's feeling about everything, like all of these expectations and, and everything that her husband has for her, everything, all his ideas of what a woman should be that he's trying to put on her and how internally dissatisfied she is with that, but how much she feels the pressure to just go along with it. And she does, like, for years. Yeah. And I I understand where the grandmother is coming from. I mean, I just think that's what happens when there are no alternative structures except for the nuclear family. Yes. Like, Janie couldn't live by herself at this time, or people would talk. Right. I don't know. There was... Like, as soon as she was a widow, she had all these suitors because it was kind of, like, societally understood that she was going to need to marry somebody. Yeah. If she was going to be, quote-unquote, safe or, like, taken care of. Yeah. But it's still horrible. It's still sad. Yeah, it was. (laughs) 